Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. This is Annie Wagner, your host. Thank you so much for being here, for listening, tuning in. If you are interested in being a guest on the pod, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. You can find me at anniewagoner.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Core Nourishment. And if you haven't already done so, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to head on over to iTunes and offer a rating and a review, I would so greatly appreciate it. So today for episode 41, I had so much fun diving into conversation with Stacey McCoy. She is founder of The Divorce Distillery, an incredible mom, divorce coach, co-parenting strategist, a lifelong student of compassion, and simply a beautiful, inspiring, loving soul. In this episode, Stacey really opens up about her own journey through divorce and experiencing her dark nights of the soul. She shares about learning to soften from her inner critic and perfection, gifting herself self-care snacks, discovering deeper resilience and strength, and beginning each day with the Metta Bhavna prayer. She is truly learning and choosing to live a more heart-centered life. This woman is so inspiring. She has many tools and so much wisdom to offer. She's been spending a lot of time and energy creating and pouring her passion into the Divorce Distillery program, which she talks all about. I just strongly encourage you to listen, feel her contagious, beautiful energy, and feel inspired to create a new life that feels drunk with possibilities, as Stacey would say. So tune in and enjoy. And if you are interested in reaching out to Stacey directly, you can always find her at www.stacymccoy.com. this. I'm so excited, Cece. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's, we've already been chatting and just about so much richness already, Stacey, but I, I love, let's just go right to like what today is nourishing your soul. What's lighting you up and giving you energy so that you can then show up as a mom and in your purpose with as much presence as possible. It's such a great question. I've been thinking about this all morning long. Um, but I do think what really is the undercurrent of what's lighting me up is, is purposefully and intentionally living a more heart-centered life. Um, I think I've always done that. I think I've always been, you know, I consider myself an empath. And, you know, if you were to look at, you know, INFJ, I'm an Enneagram nine, you know, my strengths and leadership is all about empathy and, and harmony. And, <laughs> um, but I think, especially in the last several years, really being much more focused on living a more heart centered and compassionate life, especially during this divisive time has allowed me to show up for my kids and my clients and, and even myself in a very different way. Mm, I love that. I love that, Stacey. And I, 
I love, you know, that you actually like in your work, which we're going to dive into and and what you're in the process of creating, um, but that you really speak to that. Like your intention is to guide other women to come back home to their own hearts and their inner wisdom and feel that, you know, spark and confidence too. And so that that's absolutely beautiful. Um, What are some practices? I mean, do you have any like daily ritual or practice that uh, that really helps you to connect back home to your heart? I actually do. Um, and one of the things that I'm really trying to incorporate into the program are these, and you're very much a part of this, are these snacks, right? Like, because I think when I was originally going through my own divorce and some of my more transformational times and what I would call my dark nights of the soul, that um, as I was looking for tools, I was finding myself being super rigid at first and thinking, you know, for example, when I would think about meditation, which I know is wonderful for me, um, there were times when I would struggle for the length of time. So there were certain things that I had in my mind, like, well, well, a good practice is to meditate for a certain amount of time every day mm. in this certain position. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, there was like the white right way to do it. Good, good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there were all of these optimal ways of doing things. And what I would find is even though I would get some of the benefit, if I wasn't doing them in those ways, um, that I would notice myself being a little bit critical of myself. So I think, you know, where I am at now are what I would call like the buffet or the snacks. Um, whatever I need, um, in that day, but I do have one practice that is very steady for me is, um, just kind of a morning touching base. And one of the things that I absolutely love is the Metabhavna prayer. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, but it is one of those things that, that I can either do in a, I can do one short verse for myself, if it's very quick, if I'm running out the door, if I'm running late. Um, but what I really love about the prayer itself is it starts, it can start with ourselves. And that's, that's great. That gets me grounded and really thinking about being more intentional in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, the next two verses open up and there is a, um, there's a you, and then there's a we, like a collective we. So you're kind of offering up, you know, happiness, healthiness, free of anxiety, free of suffering, um, living in peace and may our lives be blessed with ease. Mm. So there it's very quick. It's short and sweet. Again, it's a snack. Um, and it's just a very quick personal meditation for me that I love. And it just gets me super grounded and, and centered and focused, but back to your point someday, you know, I always try and physically move, um, and there are days when I can be really purposeful about it. I can get her to Vaughn Woods for a hike. Mm-hmm. I can, um, you know, put on like, I, I love an intense kickboxing workout. Oh, yeah. Um, so good. But also it, it it's being more kinder and patient to myself with what I can fit into the day and those little snacks. And, and that's what is so beautiful. And I found that it's made my life move forward with so much more ease and, and patience for myself. It's okay just to do, you know, that amount of time and what a big difference it makes in order to, you know, take those 10 minutes at the beginning of the day before the wheels come off the wagon and the kids, you know, <laughs> that they're the things that, 
that need to be taken care of and life gets away from us. So that's, um, yeah, the Metabhavna prayer for me is, is usually my, my great kickoff. And then from there, it could be, it could be anything else. It could be specific meditation, working out. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. I love it. Yeah. And, and I just, I just, um, applaud you for sharing the snacks thing, Stacey, because I think that's just so much more attainable and doable and real for just like all of us in this wild human experience is to break it down. And instead of, I mean, I think most of us are wired with that all or nothing in general, you know, and, and want to do it right and, and per- perfect, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's giving ourselves permission to, scale back and to, you know, I'll often, you know, encourage clients, like set the timer for 10 minutes. And then, you know, um, before then, like get clear on, on what it is you're gifting yourself, but that almost allows, I find when it's shorter, just for us to be so much more present in it versus trying to do something for an hour. And then the mind starts to wander like, oh, but I need to do this. I should be doing this. The, The work mind starts going, the kids, you know, it's, so I love that the 10 minutes and, um, really being able to land in that gift for yourself and, and it takes practice, right? (laughs) It's like, Uh, it really does. It does. But, but cumulatively over time, when you're committed to these little snacks, just the profound transformation that can start to happen within. Um, so I love it. Um, so can we, I want to dive right into your story. So you are in the process of uh, launching this coaching program called Divorce Distillery, which I, by the way, love the name and I want to, I want to find out the origin of the name or just what <laughs> made you call it that. Um, but before we even go deeper into to that, I'd love to hear just what, like what really brought you, and this is a loaded question, but what brought you, Stacey, to offer this, this kind of work and support for other women? Um, you, you know, I know you're a mom. I know you've gone through your own divorce experience. Um, you mentioned um, in our own conversations, just, you know, having the schisms in your family and growing up with some anxiety. Um, if you feel comfortable, and I, yeah, what, I'd love for you just to share what comes to mind from your story. Sure, sure. Um, so I think when I think back career-wise, um, you know, I've been in the career of um, nonprofit um, child and family support services for, for pretty much my entire career, um, almost by accident, really. I was an English major in college, and um, but I had done a lot of social work and psychology was kind of contemplating that as a secondary area of study as well too and when I got out of school and still really wasn't sure what I wanted to do thought I wanted to write maybe go into journalism I got a a part-time job at a local um, child care center and started as a substitute teacher and it got its hooks into me um, working with children and families ended up being um, something that I, I really loved. And especially because most of the work was with marginalized women and families, um, families that were struggling um, with poverty and or relatively low income. Um, and there were folks that had a lot of their own issues, um, addiction, divorce, um, varying types of abuse. So um 
this is a long time ago, Annie, (laughs) that I I started this journey. Um, And I think what also drew me into that is because I could really start to find ways to be helpful in ways that I couldn't be helpful in my own family dynamics. Mm. Um, There were things that I wanted to fix (laughs) that I recognized would really um, benefit from some of the knowledge and wisdom that I felt I was starting to accumulate in the understanding I had, but everybody walks their own journey. And so I really poured myself into the, the career, you know, um, child and family services, I think to work, work out a lot of my own stuff, <laughs> as they say. And, but the one thing about this particular career is it, it's got a high burnout rate. It, it, it nonprofits in general do, um, but there's a very high emotional component to it. And starting out so young and not really having really great boundaries and 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 tools, it's kind of a job where you um, you don't work a forty hour week. Um, and once you move up into middle management, you have to be on on call on weekends, sometimes even at night, depending on what's going on with the organization. Um, so, so a few, so a few things happened, um, you know, I could see my career continuing on that path. Um, my, my last job before making my really big leap and the job that probably meant the most to me was working, um, for our local, um, CAP organization, community action partnership organization. And I was in a leadership role there and had the most amazing team of women underneath me um, that were fantastic. Um, but again, the, the pressure of the job um, just led me to start questioning what, you know, am I, am I being of most use in, in, in this position? And the other thing, obviously, that happened earlier prior to this job, it was my own divorce and my own journey through, through my divorce. And my children were very young. Um, they were just a little over two, two and three um, mm-hmm. when, when this occurred. So I think these life experiences, these kind of these dark nights of the soul really got me pondering, um, you know, what I needed to do, not only for myself and my family, but how I could really be a better service to women in my community. And yeah. so Fast forward to um, my uh, own health issue. I had a slight health scare and um, was having a conversation with my mom and said, man, I'm at a crossroads. I just don't know what to do. Um, You know, I was waiting for surgery, not knowing there's like a a big history of uh, cancer in my family and Mm -hmm. You know, my mom, I think, and, and myself as well, like was very nervous about like, you know, as we were waiting to find out what the surgery would uncover and would it be, you know, would this be malignant and what would this mean? And she gave me the biggest gift that she could have ever gift before she she passed away. And she said, you, you need to be on your own. You need to be doing something on your own. You are ready for this. We've talked about this periodically um, you need to be done with the, the 
the heavy lifting jobs and you need to be doing something mm. on your own. So, um, and she said, we will figure it out. Cause of course I was super nervous about the financial aspect of this. And, yeah. and even though I felt like, man, it's something I've wanted to do and have been doing for a long time on sidelines <laughs> and yeah. over the phone with friends, really helping women through their divorce, through co-parenting challenges um, that I'd been doing it, but hadn't really thought about monetizing it, you know, like, like, you know, using that as a way of actually providing myself with, with a living and being able to do what I love to do. So I'm so grateful to my mom for incredible gift that she was able to like, to really mirror that back to you, Stacey, you know, and to offer you that. It's so hard to explain too, because it's, it, it, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this lately in, in a deeper way. And I think when I think about my upbringing and upbringing for most of us women, but especially people my age, these social constructs, right. Of what it means to be successful, you know, like working work, you need to work a nine to five job that has insurance, you know, like what does it mean to be responsible? And I grew up in this very bootstrappy mill town started where I actually worked at the local paper mill to put myself through college in the summer. And my dad was a security guard there, but um, you know, my family of origin stuff really reinforced that social construct of you, you know, hard work and you do it yourself and you figure it out. And this is what I mean to be successful. Yeah. 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 And how scary it is to, first of all, be on your own, you know, without that, that, um, the support of other colleagues and the structure of an HR system where, you know, you're going to get a regular paycheck. There were so many things that was so frightening about it but for my mom to to say to hell with that social construct essentially um was was such a gift because it was this part this part of me and I still I still struggle with it Annie I do in regards to how much work I'm doing like there's just not a yardstick to measure and I am busy all the time you know whether because when in you know, this is a one woman show. It's, we are, um, we're doing the social media. We're doing the outreach. We're making connections. We're responding to emails. We're trying to be creative. We're working with our clients. And so, um, but it doesn't, you know, it, it may look a certain way from the outside. People may not really understand. And there was a part of me that, that really struggled with that. Like, how do I, I have to, based on, what other people, I have to prove, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what, yeah. what I am doing. And when she, when she gave me that permission, when she said, you, ju- you, you need to do this. I thought, wow, it's not only such a gift for me, but I thought it was such a big deal for her um, to step, to step out of the norm um, and, and to, and to just say, you, you get to do this and, and it's, you're, you're worthy of doing this and it's, it's going to be great. And, Mm. yeah and it's such a pivotal time when when your body your your body clearly you know my belief was screaming for a change and was was you know it's that whole thing when the body says no um and that your mom yeah that she was able to really see that also and her own growth in in witnessing you what a gift for both of you It, it really was and it was so close to as she was deteriorating, um, and it was after my dad had passed, they both ended up passing very close together. Mm-hmm. But um, it was 
it's a moment that, um, I mean, when I just think about it right now, like it just totally like warms, warms my heart because it's, it was just a great mother daughter moment <laughs> that, that I, you know, as we get older um, and being a parent myself, you know, my focus is on raising my own children. And, but to have that kind of a moment where my mom showed up for me in that, in that really poignant way, it was, it was such a gift. It was just so cool. I'm imagining her, Stacey, not, not that I didn't, you know, have the opportunity to meet her, but I'm imagining her just cheerleading you from wherever she's at, you know, and just being so proud of you, you know, for, for really taking that leap and for your courage and, and here you are. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I like to think of it that way too, Annie. I really yeah. do. I <laughs> like to think yeah, especially when the, the heavier doubt sets in or the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, and it, it's, it's so nice that it's morphed over to, to other things and not just career, these other social constructs. And I, that's the other thing that I love when I'm working with women who, you know, struggling with divorce and, struggle with things like, you know, should I have hung in there longer? You know, mm-hmm. like, like, did I, you know, I'm the first one in my family to get divorced and, you know, the concept of staying together for the kids and, or <laughs> the struggles with, you know, still being a Pinterest mom, you know, like having things look a certain way when their life is absolutely falling apart. And, and then worrying about, well, how do I look? Well, now I've got to be out in the dating. You know, I need to start. There's just so many th- these social constructs that um, have become just more and more obvious through this work that I'm doing, through the deeper dive with women and helping to kind of free them from that. And I think mm. my mom, like I said, she was the domino that kind of knocked things over and got that um, and got that conversation started in more depth for me, me taking it just far more seriously and being more curious about it but getting to do that now with women so yeah I just credit her it's like everything I'm doing now really is because of Mm, what I that's tremendous I have the chills right now thank you for sharing Stacey I I'm curious you've mentioned a couple times um kind of referred to the dark night of the soul if if you feel comfortable would would you be open to sharing giving us a snapshot giving listeners a snapshot of what that looked like for you yeah, sure. Um, so for me, uh, one of the first of all, let's just say divorce is is hard and traumatic. And I have I I yes. have I can just say this from my personal experience. And it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on, whether you initiated that first conversation. Um, whether you were exploring, whether you were blindsided by information or somebody came to you, like it's, it's traumatic for all parties involved. And so I think that level of trauma in itself can kind of, when the reality sits in and the, you know, the, the, the rubber hits the road, so to speak, you know, there's, there's going to be, I think, an element of, of darkness. But when I speak of the dark night of the soul for me, it was really when I recognized my own role in, 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 the, in the mess that I was in. And, and I guess what I mean by that is that there, if I, it, was, it was a night of brutal, sheer honesty. Mm. Um, so 
at the time we were separated, you know, we were separated. We had a, what I would consider a very healthy routine for the kids. We kept them in, um, in, in the house. I was able to stay in the house and my former husband, Tim moved out. Um, and, um, so we'd gotten, you know, there was a routine. We knew the divorce was happening, we knew all this stuff. And there was the emotion that was attached to that. But I just remember this very specific late afternoon, kids were napping and it, it just hit me, um, this brutal sense of honesty of like, you know, you, you knew there was some, <laughs> there were some things that you knew ahead of this moment. So while there were certain things that I could say, like, oh, I felt blindsided in, in that moment. Um, if I was being really honest, and at this time I really was, I could really see that before then there were ways that I compromised myself, that I, um, and I also just didn't have really great boundaries. I thought being a good mom and being a good wife meant you do all the things for everyone. And so that's what I was doing. You know, I was showing up in this way of like, I'm going to do all of the things with the kids and we're going to, you know, every craft project, I'm going to make the baby food, you know, <laughs> from scratch. And I'm yeah. going to, you know, show up as a wife and be supportive. My husband was a musician and, you know, he had shows at night and a good wife does, you know, allows him to explore his career. And so, um, and it's not that I think those things weren't true, but when I really started to look at it, I could see underlying resent, resentment that had built up. And, mm -hmm. um, and that caused profound sadness. That's why I call it the dark night of the soul for me. It was yeah. not only this, but really like it, my heart cracked open um, in a million pieces that night. It was, I remember actually speaking with my former husband, he had called in a, and I was, sobbing it was like I, I had this moment of release where I could the, the kids were asleep and I knew they were going to be napping for a while and I was in the bathroom <laughs> like the, you know with the phone and um and I had said to him I don't think I can I don't think I can stop crying I don't like I feel like I really truly felt like I I and he was lovely and he said no you 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 will <laughs> you, you will eventually you know and it's, and it's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. And, mm. uh, but for me, that's really what it was. It was, um, and it's what I often say to women, they, women come to me with some symptoms. It's the divorce and they feel um, that they need a better co-parenting plan or they need help with their, you know, divorce or, or parenting agreement or some conflict resolution. And, they, you know, in their hearts are hoping that by addressing these specific things, that life is going to, to be better, that it's just kind of straightening those things out. And, you know, part of my job ends up leading a lot of women, I think, to that pondering, and not necessarily the dark night of the soul, but those same kinds of questions about where maybe have you compromised yourself, maybe your boundaries were porous. Um, where have you strayed from your values and um, the things that are important to you as an individual woman, not as a mom and not as a wife, but about who you are and the purpose you are meant to, to live in this lifetime. And that's why I always say my divorce is such a gift 
And I've had people roll their eyes <laughs> and not and not believe me. And, and I understand that, uh, you know, but I know for me walking through this experience that it was divorce was the vehicle for me to travel back and heal things that I needed to, to heal. And, and also allowed me to travel forward to the incredible place where I am now and to uh, not only, you know, I don't think of my program as super prescriptive. I think that it's this great structure for women. Um, and, but there is a bit of medicine to it. And I think even for me getting to do this work, I get to take my own medicine. I get to revisit all these really important concepts that allow me to stay in touch with what is important to living the life that I want to live. Yeah. Yeah. Which is incredible, Stacey. Like, first of all, thank you for sharing with such uh, strength and vulnerability and encourage the, you know, it's um, I'm, I'm imagining that, listeners out there who have gone through divorce and myself included can relate to many pieces of what you just shared. Um, and the, just the rawness and the realness of it and that it's led you. I love that you speak to, you know, your program that you've created as a, you know, it's, it's a continuous practice and a continuous circling back in our, you know, in your own healing process that it's, it never is, there's no, like, it's not an end point as much as I know <laughs> we wish like, all right, I, I'm, you know, it's that it was this linear and that we get to this end point and we've, you know, mastered our, our challenges and, and, uh, our, we have worked through all our patterns and, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, uh, I just appreciate your rawness and your realness about it. Um, thank yeah, you. thank you. Yeah. And just, you know, when, in listening to you is thinking about like how, how much we grasp, um, I'll speak for myself, you know, and I, I also went through divorce and my kids were, were at a young age and so grateful that they're, that my former husband and their dad, you know, and I are, are very amicable and worked through a lot, you know, it was definitely devastating and heartbreaking and traumatic. And, um, and I feel like there's so much presence and strength that we have now that we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have otherwise. Um, and not that I, you know, wish for that, for people to go through, um, go through traumatic or events or, or divorce, you know, and if it ends up helping, my belief is if it ends up helping people to come back home to themselves and to remember their truth and to, um, come back to taking care of, you know, ourselves, then it's, so worth it and for the kids too. So um, thank you for sharing that. And just the reminder that also I was going to say, like we try to grasp for control, right? Like thinking about how often I grasp for control. Um, was this, I can relate to your like wanting to show up in all your roles with as much energy and creativity and, you know, perfection as possible, but how, how that ended up, um, yeah. I, anyway, I'm rambling, but I appreciate your sharing in all those pieces. So thank you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to come back to your program and the divorce distillery. Tell, tell me how you came to that name. Um, <laughs> you know, what is so interesting. I actually had written this down. It might've been a decade ago. Um, 
again, I was in the throes of work and just kind of uh, juggling a couple of careers at the time. But I do, I love to write and I have journals and I, um, it, it, it makes me laugh because again, this was, I don't know, a decade ago that I had written down some idea. And I, one of the things I'd written down was divorce distillery. And I just kind of like that whole image of, you know, filtering out. Um, I thought like, oh, this is kind of cheeky and kind of cute. And it's, you know, it's got kind of got the, you know, the, 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 the drinking aspects. And there are a lot of great um, metaphors in there that could be used. So I was like, this could be kind of a fun way to, to market something like that. Um, but I really, I just like the, honestly, the image. First of all, I love alliteration. So I love the two, you know, yes. the, 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 these together. Um, but it, I love the idea of like filtering out all the, the junk. And so I had written this down in a journal a decade ago and put it away and then decided that I was going to set off on this journey and do divorce coaching. and. Um, or consulting, or be a strategist, and all the words, and the words don't really matter. But um, I had started to rebuild my website and started to to jump into this project and had completely forgotten, Annie, completely forgotten about the divorce distillery. But as, you know, I was joking, the universe winks, I'm just cleaning up around here and open that up. And I was like, that is crazy that that was a decade ago. And so I... There was, there was the gift to, to bring it back. So I do like the, the image of that because I think so much of what I do and what we do is we're, you know, we're here to kind of help people filter out the things that aren't for their highest good, that are, are no longer, so help them to even identify those things so they can also know that it's no longer serving them and they can be part of that releasing and letting go of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you write, you know, your new life drunk with possibilities. Like to me, I'm like, yes, like that's so perfect under that. And that, oh yeah, to see the idea. One of my favorite things to share with my yoga students is imagine each breath. And you've probably heard me say this in, in the yoga snack, but um, like sip in compassion. Like as you breathe in, you're sipping in compassion back to your own heart, to yourself. And so you thought drunk with possibilities. I'm like, yes drink it up. There's so many possibilities out there. So yeah, that's awesome. So I good. Do, I love the imagery. And that's, I think that's the writer in me too, that I just want to, you know, it's like, oh, I just want to be, you know, I'm a closet poet, you know, <laughs> I just want to find a way to like, to say things in, in a way that, that resonates and is a little bit more creative. And I think it's also been challenging for me because I also feel there are so many great resources out there for divorce, right? There are amazing mediators and attorneys and financial advisors. And uh, there are a lot of great divorce coaches out there as well, too. Um, but it's when I, when I, and I don't like to compare myself, but when I look at offerings, um, there are so many people that are offering um, the things that we were just talking about earlier, like a really great co-parenting plan or a communication plan, some conflict resolution stuff, all the stuff that I do. And I actually, it's not that I don't enjoy doing those things, but I think for my program, it is more of a deeper dive because I think of the problems that people have around those, they're like standard operating procedures um, are the same things that are going to show up 
in difficulties in other areas of their life as well, too. And so I go mm-hmm. back to my own story when I think about, okay, yes, the divorce was traumatic and all this stuff, but what was really going on for me underneath? And where was I maybe getting tripped up? And mm-hmm. so that is you know, designing a program around that is what I have a friend that calls it the woo-woo stuff, you know, <laughs> you're getting, you're getting into the the woo and, but there is incredible science around this, which I love. That's, that's always my pushback is like, let's talk about the neuroscience of this. Let's talk yeah. about why compassion, for example, which seems like such a cozy, you know, a cozy or for some people, even a weak you know, mm. quote unquote strategy is like, no man, compassion is a powerhouse. Compassion, what what our ability, uh, when we can show up with compassion for someone else, we inevitably are learning to apply it to ourselves. It's this really cool secular thing. And there's a ton of science around it, which is what I love. Yeah. But it is hard to, you know, again, when you think about things like forgiveness and self-love and self-care and boundaries and compassion through conflict. Those are all, those are like the pillars of my program. And so it's been interesting to try and serve people in that way on my social media stuff and just kind of show up so they get to know me in that way and understand that, yes, you are going to show up and we are going to talk about divorce and I'm going to help you through, we're going to, we're going to do it. I've done it. I've got a great roadmap. Yes, let's do it. But by the end of it, with every woman that I've worked with, not just here, but even in my past careers, when we start getting into the stuff, it's it's never about the divorce. I mean, it was. Yeah. Divorce was a part of it. But in order to move forward in a way that really lights women up and moves them into living the life that they are meant to live, and yes, maybe they are meant to be a wife or ex-wife or and a mom, but deeper to that, you know, getting back to, to values and intention, purposeful living, all of those things help it because divorce won't be the only hardship we have, you know? And so having tools that give you the, the ability to be resilient and to rebound. And at the same time, while you're experiencing all the shit that you can also cultivate joy and you can take care of yourself in a way. You can do a snack. You do one of your yoga snacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I am so grateful. And, and let me just say, I just want to jump in here that, um, you know, being kind of an island unto myself, I was so happy when you said yes to meeting up with me and being a part of this program because I had this vision. And again, I want like being able to provide women literally with a one-stop shop and having those snacks available. And you have done some beautiful offerings for my clients and I'm so excited. I've get, I, and I'm going to try one out when we're done recording this late. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Thank which you. I can't, which I can't wait, but to be able to collaborate with like-minded people and to offer these, these tools for, for women so they can just move into this next chapter with, um, with grace and confidence and clarity and yeah I can't think of a cooler job it's just such a cool job it has been I mean thank you Stacey it has been such a privilege honestly and and has really allowed me to um, remember just what I mean I love my work I truly feel so in love with what I'm able to offer and support other women with and to do this with you. Like I absolutely just love collaborating and it helps me remember um, just 
the creativity and the the presence. Um, so it feels like such a gift. So thank you for thinking of me and for reaching out. And uh, oh, I'm so, so I'm just so, so in awe of what you've created and put together for women um, who are navigating divorce. And um, because yes, uh, I know that some might use that term woo woo, but to me, it's like no, these are um, like really actual tools, you know, that you're layering this program with. Um, and yeah, maybe not all the tools will resonate with each individual, but they are getting, they get to explore and play and write and move and, and tap back into again, like their essence. And, and, um, so I think it's, extremely valuable and I was thinking when you said the science stuff it made me think of Deepak Chopra and like the whole I mean meditation and compassion work proven you know there's brain like it the brain science around it and just how it really helps to change that set point for people in their brains when they have brain scans it shows um that the it's growth, so, it's, growth it's mindset a, just blooms so it's incredible I love that I I love the nerdy part of that. I do. I do. The science is so fascinating to me. And I've been able to take some really great trainings in regards to um, the neuroscience of compassion and to like bridge those things together. And I think part of it also is <laughs> part of me that bristles up when people talk about the woo stuff. Right? And it's like, oh, it's like, you know, so I want to kind of lean in, but uh taking the time to kind of do that research really. And I hate to say that, but I did. It armed me with this great, uh, that I can say, yeah, it feels a certain way. And I think it, w- the time we're living in right now, man, do we need more of this? We are living in such oh, a yeah. divisive time where there is zero empathy and compassion, um, even for the journeys that you know have, have gotten people maybe to a mindset that is not healthy and that is in opposition to ours, but having a little bit of even compassion and understanding and empathy, what that does, again, the the science shows what it does in our own brains, but what it does for the people that we are interacting with. And yeah, much like you and I collaborating on this, we, and what I'm most excited about in my program is is it's a group program. We're not meant to do this stuff alone. We are not. And earlier in my divorce, I remembered I isolated. I was determined to to be bootstrappy, do it on my own. There was a lot of shame and you know embarrassment. And I didn't, I was very resistant to tap into um, available resources because I just felt like I've got the tools. I, you know, I've done I've done child and family services my whole life. I will figure this out and I won't rely on anybody else. Mm-hmm. I will never, you know, that yeah. was that's that early on, right? That just being so raw and, and sensitive to, to that whole painful process. Um, Feeling like, you know, I know I felt like I failed and I was like, I need to, <gasps> then I need to therefore clean this up or figure this out. And I can't, like, I have to do it. My, yeah. So I, I can totally relate. And now, yeah. and, and to see like how much through connection that we are not alone, I think frees us up to actually get to the healing so much quicker. And that's what I love about putting putting together a group program because we hear other problems that are familiar. They may not be the exact same problem, but they have a familiarity and, or we may even see somebody else's problems is even maybe more intense than ours. And we just get to practice compassion and holding space for them. And, healing as a group and feeling less alone, which is the fast track, right? It's, we're not, 
we're not meant to do this on our own. We're just not. We are social beings. And with social media and the pandemic, like things have pushed us so far apart and have really caused so much isolation that the key, Mm -hmm. I think, is like finding ways to bring people back together. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the way in which you've you've created this safe space for women to come together in a small and more intimate way to really dive deeper, um, I think is is the one of the incredible um, recipes for like lasting shame and helping to dissolve it and to to therefore allow healing to take place. So, Stacey, who who is the woman who would reach out to you? Who are you speaking to um, for listeners out there who maybe, you know, um, are going through divorce or have gone through divorce and are looking for more healing? Yeah. Is who's who's the perfect, I guess, client you're calling <laughs> it's my in. avatar, as they say, like, yes, avatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that stuff makes me cringe, right? Like, so we were talking about that earlier, all this stuff. I know. Social media stuff and marketing stuff. Um, but I think my ideal client is just a woman who is, um, she she is ready for something more. And she probably feels um, pretty bogged down by the pain and expectations um, of her life, um, especially during her separation. And divorce. So I, um, you know, I am here for women that are, um, number one, also ready to commit to, to themselves, because I don't think my program is for everyone. I think that, you know, it really, what I'm asking for women to do, and it's a brave call is to invest in themselves for, for eight weeks uh, and really do a deeper dive into into themselves. And and it's an opportunity to walk them back to their heart and to get more intimate and to, again, filter out all the the, the lousy stuff. But it requires a sense of courage and and bravery and um, an investment to do the work. Because I think, you know, I, I love what I've set up. You know, I love being able to work with you and to pull together these tools that um, are tried and true. Um, not just for myself, but with other clients and in the work that I've done in the past. So these are things that I know work, but it does require um, a little bit of rolling up the sleeves. And so it's a program for women who are really ready to create a beautiful new chapter, but to to leave to leave some stuff behind. Yeah, that's yeah. And the healing I get, you know, in in having the honor to see a little bit of the back, you know, the inside of your content is just the invitation, the powerful invitation that you um, put out there for these women to take responsibility to like to, as you shared in your own story, like really um, assessing like where, where was, what was my role in this and, and kind of helping to lovingly, but also, you know, with um, clarity, like nudge women to, to step through feeling like the victim and into like, okay, what, you know, what do I have, um, within me, the strength to create for myself and not to just feel like the victim, because, um, I think no matter what role one plays in divorce, we all, you know, can feel like have waves of that or had felt like that. And, um, so I really love how you, your languaging and, um, compassion and just attentiveness that you pour into each, each module. It's pretty incredible. So, so anyone listening out there, I strongly encourage you to, 
to check it out. And just for, um, I guess, for clarity's sake too, Stacey, is it really more for um, moms too, for, for women who are going through divorce with kids? Because So a, I will say, I will say this, that there is, there's a, a, a component around um, co-parenting in one of the, the eight-week modules. It's very specific to that, um, which would help um, anyone who obviously is a parent, you know, parent working on co-parenting, even if they're single parenting or they're maybe a step parent. So there's that component that's there. But I will say that I um, a lot of my work with my one-on-one clients, um, I've had some one-on-one clients that do not have children. So I would say this, that they're, you know, knowing that there's a one-week component that that does address that and supports that. But I think all of the other program pillars are really applicable to anybody going through divorce. But um, I do think that um, with my work in child and family services, man, I love and feel like I am really able to support women who have children or who are, um, you know, maybe divorced stepmoms and really can wrap myself around them in a way that is extra meaningful. And and man, that healing is multi-generational, right? It's like we heal we heal ourselves and we are healing our children, you know, and that, that it's, and I see it in my own kids, which now who, you know, when I think about when we started our divorce were um, toddlers essentially. And, you know, I have one finishing up his first year in college and the other one getting ready to leave for college. Oh, and, yeah. and I see how they navigate life and um, you know, like, man, you know, they're, they're, they're better off. That's the goal. And I always joke with them, like, and your kids are going to be better off, you know, like you, all of these gifts and these tools that you have, like this generational healing is so, I mean, it really lights me up. So back to your question, there's a long way of um, saying that I think a lot of my work and what really lights me up is working with, um, you know, and helping support moms and families. But um, I, I would not, um, if somebody is listening and what we've talked about resonates with them. They do not have to have children to appreciate like digging into forgiveness and self-love and um, self-care and these other tools, um, even conflict resolution, all of these things I think make women better. Yes. Yes. Better, um, better parents, but also better colleagues and better friends and better, you know, um, able to show up in their next relationship in a healthier way. Yeah. Beautiful. Incredible. Um, one more, I have one more question, Stacey, um, that I've been, that I'm thinking about in listening to you is if you could tell the former version of you that was initially hit with devastation and, um, having, you know, one of your, uh, dark moments, um, as you refer to, and just that maybe, maybe it's a version of you that was sobbing in the bathroom, holding her phone. Um, if you could tell her anything right now, what would you tell her? I think I would, the way I would reassure her is, is to say you are going, you're going to be okay. And um, I think that's how I tend to talk, talk to lots of parts of me through, through that. But I think that that part, which was in such um, fear and shame and um, disappointment with herself that, um, you know, I, 
I would wrap my arms, you know, and, and give that that part of me just a tight squeeze and to be able to say, you know, you're, hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You, you've gotten yourself this far. You have got the tools to do this. And also it's okay to be really sad right now, but you're, you are grieving an incredible loss. And, um, you know, you, you get to cry for another 45 minutes until the kids are up. <laughs> yeah. and, and just to be more kind to myself, I think when we're in those those moments, and I think back, I was not as kind to myself as I mm-hmm. should have been. So that's what I think I would do. And that is, again, what I try and do for women is, is to be able to allow them to be kind to those parts of themselves that they um, are struggle with or they um, are frustrated with um, or even embarrassed of. But yeah, we need to we need to show up for all parts of ourselves. So yeah, wrapping wrapping our arms around those parts, you know, that are craving and needing love more than more than any other. Yeah. Yeah, then they quiet down, right? The sooner yeah. we do, the sooner we, you know, know. then just, you know, and this, they just they quiet down. They get what they need. You know, that part of us gets what it, it gets to be heard, you know, and gets to be loved and valued. And then it just it dissipates so much quicker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that allowance and to feel and to be seen. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Stacey, so much. Oh, thanks for having yeah. me. This was so Where, great. Oh, I know. I, I'm just, it's been such a joy and so honored. Um, where can people, where can listeners find you? So the best way to find me um, certainly is via my website. It's a great place to find me, which is www.stacymccoy.com. And if folks find me there, they'll get to learn a little bit more about me. You know, I've got all the, the, the credentials and the background and the program offering outline is up now on my website, which is great. So you can kind of learn a little bit more about what the, what the new group program will entail. And there are also links there to my social media pages as well, because I do have a presence on and I invite people to come hang out with me on Instagram um, at Divorce Distillery and also at Facebook as well too. So come and hang out with me there. I'm always trying to post things of that are of service or of interest to folks, but they can hit me up there and book and book a free consult call if anybody's just even wondering what this is about or they need some help. Um, I've got an opportunity for people to hang out with me for a free, you know, 30, 30, 45 minutes, you know, Time's not an issue for me, but I but I love to hear from women and just to kind of help them gain some clarity around what they're struggling with. So yeah, awesome. that's how you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stacey. I'm so excited for you with this with this program about to launch. And uh it's been an honor collaborating with you. And I'm so yeah, so overjoyed. So thank you for taking this time to share. Thank you so much for having me and thanks again for being a part of, of my journey. I'm very, very grateful. Thank you. Mm-hmm.